Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Aw, yeah! Welcome back to We Love Comics, the show where we love comics, and you should too. I am Peter Parker Vactor, and I'm joined by Black Nerd Power's own Marcus Seabury. Seabury, how you doing? I'm good, man. How's it going? It's going pretty good. You know, Seabury, um, you had recommended to me a Memphis juking concert. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, because, uh, like, you know, a group of, I, I guess, a Memphis-based group started this, you know, they put this production together with Little Buck, everybody. He's kind of become the face of Memphis Juking. And he's in it. And of course, the first show was in Memphis. And then they hit the road. And they came out here and I wanted to see it, but I did not get a chance to see it. But I just wanted to mention that, Seabury. I was thinking about Memphis. And I was thinking about you the other day, but I did not get a chance to go see him. Um, hopefully they put on a good show. Oh, also, there is a movie called Juking. Ooh. That will be available Sunday in the Stars app. Oh, nice! And on Monday on Stars Black. Oh, I okay. Believe. The one well, streaming service I don't subscribe to. I I pay for every streaming service but Stars. But I'll find I, a way, Seabury. I'll find a way to watch it. Okay, well, hey man, you know I had to have my Stars because I am a Power Verse fiend. Oh wow! Hey, maybe we do, we can do a Power podcast someday, Seabury. You watch Power? Uh, I don't. But <laughs> I'll listen to Marcus Seabury talk about any topic, any subject, and especially I, comic books. Uh, and I appreciate that, man. No worries. This is our pull list episode. Just to let everybody know, uh, we have two different uh, two different episode versions or two different formats on We Love Comics. We have our pull list episode, and we have our giant-sized episode where we talk about topics and our latest episode featured Hunter Camp, and we talked all about race swapping and gender swapping in superhero comics. So definitely check that episode out if you have not. Uh, but this is our pull list episode where we talk about all the comics that we read this week, Seabury, for the week of April 27th, 2022. Hey, Seabury, before we get into the books that we read, I need to ask you something. So when I got snapped away and I came back, all of a sudden, DC was releasing books on Tuesday. Do you know what the reason all right, for all that right. is? Check it out. DC decided they wasn't going to be with Diamond no more. Oh. They got with somebody else. I forgot who now. And they started releasing books on Tuesday. Because uh, there was a minute. Where I was going to the comic book store Tuesday and Wednesday, I got tired of crap. I was like, no. <laughs> screw that. They'll be there on Wednesday. <laughs> also, Marvel is kind of not with Diamond. They're with like Penguin, oh, Random House, but you can order it through Diamond. But it's resulting in a lot of weird stuff and a lot of like stuff being shorted. Based on my LCS local comic shop, shout out to Comics and Collectibles in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it though because 
Dude, Diamond had a brutal monopoly chokehold on the comics industry. Yeah. And somebody needs to do different things, but I just, I don't know. I'm not sure if it was the best way. And I just, I struggle with DC comics right now. The only things on my pull list are <laughs> static, I got it, rocket and hardware, but. I actually want to do a future giant sized uh, episode about what's currently going on with Marvel and DC. Cause I'm like you see you'll see from my pull list today, I'm almost 90% Marvel at this point. Like everything I'm reading is, is almost Marvel. So we got to have a talk about that at some point, but we won't do it on this episode. This episode, I also wanted to let everybody know we have another format change. Um, so what we're going to be doing now from now on on our pull list in the effort to kind of keep this a bite-sized podcast we're just going to talk about our pick of the week so our favorite books of the week that's where we're going to kind of go into detail on everything else we read we're just going to do our burn borrow buy system um, so this week seabury uh, you have a pick of the week that I also really enjoyed as well, but it is not my pick of the week. So you got yours was the Amazing Spider-Man number one. Yeah, baby, I got this Scotty Young variant cover. That is nice. Um, and speaking of art, this is John Romita Jr. Seabury. This is highly anticipated because of the artist on this book. Oh yes, because he is. I think he came back to Marvel and some other project, but this is like the first like long-term thing he's done since re-signing with Marvel. Yeah, because he was over at DC for a minute. A hot minute. Yeah. It was cool. I like some variant covers. Most of the stuff he drew there wasn't really my cup of tea, but uh, now to talk about this, of course, John Romita Jr. is doing the art. Zeb Wells is the writer. Yeah. And I believe his name is Marco Menez. He is the colorist. Uh, they did some six-month jump, because in the beginning of the book, Spider-Man is outside of York, Pennsylvania, and he, like, like he freezing and struggling and suffering, and then six months pass, and it's like Aunt May is in a smaller house because of him, and got bill collectors outside sweating him, and the human source Johnny Storm comes back like, man, you know what you did. <laughs> and it's like, and you all like, what the crap, man? And like, but, but around it, they gave me what I love in superhero books. And what do I love in superhero books? Hashtag tights and fights, baby. Yeah. Tights and fights. We see Spider-Man web slinking. We see a gang war between Tombstone and the Rose. And like, I haven't been paying attention to Spider-Man books, so I'm like, White Rabbit is like Tombstone's second in command. Because, see, I always thought of White Rabbit as kind of like a joke. Like, the first time I saw her was in the Marvel team of where I first saw Frog. <laughs> so I was like, you know, but it's like, oh, so she's for real now. And I thought I saw Black Mariah and Diamondback and Crime Mass. A lot of folks did like this little gang powwow. And, um, I liked him trying to make Tombstone a major player because uh, Tombstone is is albino, but he is also African-American. Um, and there's an interesting point where he was like telling Peter Parker, like, hey, 
I know you're close to Spider-Man, so tell him that I'm going to ruin everything, this and that. And Peter Parker smiled like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to look forward to it. And then Tombstone just like, you're weird. Get out of my limo. <laughs> I was like, so I guess Tombstone is going to be the big bad of, of, I guess, what Zeb Wells is doing. Um, cool, I guess. Cool. I mean, uh, it was just really exciting, man. Just like really, really exciting, fun. It kind of reminded me of the things I loved about Spider Man. Uh, and I guess I'm gonna spoil this little subplot. Spider Man calls Mary Jane, and Mary Jane goes to the club like, "Yo, man, you gotta stop calling me." Then we see her with a man and children. I'm like, is this her husband or these are children? I'm like, and this hurts me, man, because you know, I am a Peter Parker and Mary Jane shipper. I remember being excited when Spider Man married her in Shea Stadium in oh. real life. It's part <laughs> of pr- promotional things. Right. I, you know, when I got serious about comics, like, when I was in sixth grade, it was Peter Parker and Mary Jane, man. Like, but it's like Reed Richards and Sue Richards are the only couple that gets to stay married and come to then you be like, how does that even work? <laughs> Reed, Reed's kind of a trash husband. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um I, I, I will say. I don't have to like things to say that you're doing a good job. And based on this first issue, Zeb Wells is doing a good job. And I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to be here for the long haul, just because, you know, I'm buying a lot of stuff. I'm buying Miles Morales. And I still don't like the fact that Peter Parker won't grow up. I guess that's just, not cool. Even though we literally have a teenage Spider-Man in Miles Morales, it's like, no, Peter Parker still got to be a screw-up. I'm just, it's, it's a lot for me. <laughs> but the issue itself was very good. Um, amazing, if you'll pardon the pun. And I'm going to say bye, man. This is a good one. And now that I think about it, I'm probably going to be around until at least issue five, because I believe issue five uh, or six, six will yeah. also be 900. Yeah, that's issue six. That comes out in July. Okay, because, you know, they do the legacy number. Like, if I look on here, it's like, it says one, then under there it says LGY number 895. Yeah. You know, Marvel likes to straddle the fence. They be like, <laughs> we're going to restart it. But we still remember what the number used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, are you at least going to stick around until 900? Yeah, I'll probably do that. I'll probably do that. That's like a nice little milestone. You know, like, I'm a a sucker for, like, the, uh, you know, them giant size anniversary issue. You know, that's that's my jam right there. That's something I remember from from when I was a young pup. It's a buy. I'm going to be on this ride for at least six issues. And I do want to go back and get some of the Spider-Man Beyond stuff. Because, like I said, evidently Monica Rambeau and Machine Man work for Beyond. And that intrigues me. Or they work for Beyond around the same time that B. Riley was. So, yeah, they had a, 
I was reading a little bit of Devil's uh, Devil's Reign, and they had um, they went over to the Beyond Corporation or whatever, and they were, and they were talking to Monica Rambeau, and I was like, I don't know what's going on because I haven't been reading this, so um, I definitely want to get caught up on that. And the editor for this book, Nick Lowe, um, this is an interesting quote that he said: "Spider-Man doesn't turn sixty every year. We're going big with this run, cramming it with the biggest WTF moments Spidey has ever had." Zeb and JRJR will go down in history as one of the best creative teams ever. So I'm excited to see Barry. I want to see where it goes. Um, I had been looking forward to this one specifically for John Romita Jr.'s art, his return back on Spider-Man. And I like Zeb Wells also. Um, so I, I'm everything you said, I echo. Um, I liked it. I would definitely give it a buy as well. And I want to see the mystery of what's going on, what happened six months ago. Yeah, because he, Peter Parker to the highest power, Peter Parker being screwing everything up royally, snatching, I don't know, defeat from the jaws of victory. That's kind of <laughs> what Peter Parker does. They were like, so you're like Peter Parker screwing up, huh? We're going to give it to you in space. <laughs> and I am a fan of, of uh, Peter Parker and Daredevil getting... Uh, the world dumped on their shoulders, Seabury, and seeing where they could, um, how do they get out of it, basically, is, is what I like to look at. Um, so definitely Amazing Spider-Man number one is a buy from both Seabury and I. My pick of the week this week, it has to be Seabury. Every week or every month when Saga comes out, I think I'm going to pick it. It's, it's going to be very difficult for a book to knock Saga out of the number one spot because... Um, I don't know if I told you this, C. Perry, but I am a Saga Mark. Anytime Saga yeah. or Brian K. Vaughn is in the is in the the discussion, I'm going to gravitate towards it. Um, I love Brian K. Vaughn. He's my favorite writer. Saga number fifty eight came out this week, and it was Chef's Kiss. C. Perry, I love Fiona Staples' art, like. It is so good. I would I could put every page on my wall as an individual painting and I would be I would just I would love it. I'm just so behind. Like the last saga stuff I read was when they lost their second child. Ooh. Okay. And it was like about six pages that were just black. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Brad, why did you do this to me? <laughs> I almost started crying, dude. I was like, no. I might have read one or two issues after that, man. I'm a... Yeah, it's definitely worth getting caught up. I'm not sure. a collector. I'm a fan and a reader, so I'm going to have to pony up for some compendiums. and. They, they have some really nice um, collections, and they have that the compendium that's like the first half and then they're going to do another one later when the whole series is out. But, you know, they've got the um, the paperbacks. They've got the hardcovers. They've got a, a lot of nice collections. And it's super easy to get caught up. I told you, I read 55 issues in two weeks. It's very easy to get caught up on this book. So I, I just can't, you know, I can't say enough about how much I love Saga. It's this, the, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but the, the way that the story goes is pretty messed up like it's not 
all you know bubble gum and, and rainbows seabury there's some bad stuff that happens in this book um but the characters that you love they're continuing on um the the relationships have always been the strong point of this book and like i said fiona stable's art is just just continuing to knock it out of the park so saga 58 just it just keeps that that train you know the gravy train is just going to keep on rolling and so let me ask you this yes is there some lying cat in this issue unfortunately like i said i don't want to spoil it but there is no appearance of lying cat in this issue so 58 has no lying cat i it's one of my favorite characters and i wish we would see him more uh is it her i think it's a her Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I, I wish we'd see her more. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Seabury, no lying cat in this one. But Saga 58, it's a buy. Is, is there any other, you know, you could just put buy on every from now can until you, the book is done. Okay, I know you don't want to spoil, but can you like give me some bullet points? Like, what? Like, what's happening with these characters? Yeah, well, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to because. What's happening now is based off of what has happened in the last couple issues. And you really want to get caught up. You don't want to have it spoiled for you, Seabreak. So let's okay. just put it like this. The, the characters, the main characters are going in a different direction. And you know about the daughter, Hazel. She's the, she's the narrator of the book. Um, she's continuing to grow. We're seeing her mature the the mother is having a very uh, and it it's just interesting the the directions you would not expect where the story is going so without spoiling it i'll just say that there's a lot of things there's a lot of mysteries that are being unraveled there's a lot of uh tension between the characters and the adventure that they're on right now is um just as good as anything that's that's come before in all of the previous 57 issues uh where it's going it's it's very tough not to uh not to spoil it for you but i 100% do not want you to get spoiled on what happens leading up to this so once you're caught up see we we'll have another discussion okay so saga 58 a buy as usual I also read Hulk Grand Design Madness, which is the second half of the Jim Rugg um, Hulk Grand Design. And you read X-Men Grand Design, right, Seabury? I bought one, but I didn't read it. Now, I bought and read the Fantastic Four Grand Ah, Design. Okay. How was that? I haven't read that. Is that a burn, borrow, or buy? I say it's a bad. It's just so wacky and weird. Like there's a point when I think Galactus tries to attack the Earth, and the Black Panther shows up in like a Panther Voltron type robot. <laughs> yeah, him and sure and some other people have individual Panthers that form a giant Panther. Oh I, man, I need to read this. This is just trick. But that was uh Tom Scioli. Now I know oh, okay. Panther kind of started grand design with yes. the x-men stuff yes but him and tom scioli are cool okay so yeah and tom I think, scioli did the fantastic four and this is jim Rugg. yes right? right and i think he's cool too because they all have a youtube show together uh piss was it piscoli or pister 
and uh, Jim Rugg. Yeah, Ian Pisker and Tom yeah. They have um, a YouTube channel called Comic Book Kayfabe, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually really good. But this book is it's just as wacky, but I like the the premise is basically what if every Hulk story ever told is just one is in one book, basically just like cramming it all into one storyline, but that it's his whole history. So I'm not like a big Hulk historian. So I didn't know a lot of these stories. I could, if this was like a Spider-Man and it was doing that, I could tell you like, Oh, I remember that story. I remember that story. Like I know a lot of his, his, um, his big, big moments, but that was kind of interesting for me was getting this Hulk history lesson all in one book. But then I don't have those like memories to to play off of. So I can't I couldn't fill in the blanks for a lot of this stuff. So for me, this whole grand design, I like the idea of it, but then the the execution of it when I was reading it, it just didn't hit for me because I didn't have a lot of those touchstones. So I'm gonna give Hulk Grand Design Madness a borrow. Yeah, I get it. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think I've said it before. I don't like standard hook. Oh. Dumb rampage and hook. Yes, right. My jam was was when Peter David kind of melded all the personalities into one. Green hook, gray hook, and banner. Yeah, they actually show that. that. There's, a, there's a panel in here where it shows them merging. That's one of the storylines that they talk about. Yeah, and he and he led the Pantheon. Yes. That was it for me, dude. Like, <laughs> then later on, they did when he was like a government operative and the hook was smart recently. I bought that trade. I got to crack it open and read it. Um, that's just a hook that I like, but you know, I I like the character, like him on cartoons, like him in the MCU. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get to that. Uh, like I said, I need to. I got one of the X-Men grand designs. I need to read that and try to find the other ones. Um, I heard nothing but great things about the X-Men one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also, Ed Pisker also did the, the this series of fanographics called Hip Hop Family Tree. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a full volume set. Also oversized, like the grand design stuff. And I mean, just, I mean, I don't know how much it'll get you hype if you're not a fan of hip hop, but if right. you are a fan of hip hop or music, he is very thorough and it's just cool. And, you know, I am a hip hop fan, and, you know, and I remember watching Breaking One and Breaking Two and Beach Street and stuff like that when I was little. And, you know, all us wearing like coon skin caps and all that <laughs> stuff. But, you no, know, I straight up I had one. Yeah. But uh but you know I'm I, I am a fan, and just the way he just laid that out was just awesome to me. Um, so yeah, Ed Ed Pisker's important, man. He is he is an important asset to the comics community, and of course, you know, he did some mainstream type stuff at Marvel, but you know, but to me, he you know he still kind of does it with the flair. You know, kind of his own little independent flair and just some good stuff, man. You know, I, I I like when people can take things in different directions and not just do the same old, you know, 
plot by number. Right. Although I do love Tyson fights, I'm always open for some variations. Yeah, I'm the same way, Seabury. Um, speaking of good things, Punisher number two came out this week, written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Jesus Sayas or Sayas and Paul Azaceta. Um, this continues the Punisher taking over the the hand storyline, and I love this. Jason Aaron is is hitting on all cylinders. Seabury, he's going back and forth between kind of what brought the Punisher to the point that he's at now, kind of his childhood, his upbringing and his psychology as a child, and then interspersed with the current Punisher who is the leader of the hand. So if you want to see uh, a Punisher like at full strength, he's, he's killing everybody. He's taking everybody out, but he's got the whole hand behind him. This is the story for you. I would read like other people's Punisher comics when I was little, or as I said again, when would I get Punisher books when my parents would order me the little random assortment for Christmas from the series Wish Book? There'd be a few Punisher comics in there. Uh, I own two Punisher trades. His very first miniseries where he breaks out of prison. And Frankencastle. And why do I own Frankencastle? Because Frankencastle is so wacky. Docking, docking Wolverine's uh, son kills him, slices him up, throws his body parts off a building in New York, and they go into the sewer. And he's put back together by the Legion of Monsters and becomes a Frankenstein. That was so wacky. I was like, well, I, well, I have to buy this trade. Because, <laughs> like, that's not normal Punisher. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's the church boy in me or just my do-gooder ways, but I need my heroes to be heroic. Like, the one exception being Gail Simone's Secret Six. I couldn't get enough of that, but normally I like my heroes heroic. But I mean, I'll probably buy this in trade because I'm curious, and I like Jason Aaron. I just, I don't know, like, I just haven't got that urge, because, like, his Avengers run, like, the volumes are getting into the double digits now, and it's like, I kind of <laughs> want to jump in, but I'm like, but no, he's done so much. Where yeah. will I begin? I highly recommend his Thor run. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to check out any of that. Like a little bit. That's what the new movie is heavily taking from because the two characters that he created in that run was Gore the God Butcher, who's going to be the bad guy in that Thor movie, and then Natalie Portman, Jane Foster, the mighty Thor. Those were his creations. So that run is is fantastic. I can't um, say enough about it. And actually, our uh, friend of the show... Shoff, who is my co-host on Geek, so to speak, and Technological, he's doing a catch-up on both the Jason Aaron Thor and the um, the Nick Spencer Amazing Spider-Man. So he's catching up on both of those. So he will at some point be a guest on the show, and uh, he'll let us know. But I I think another thing that you might want to know about this run, Seabury, is 
the Punisher's wife and son are critical to his backstory. The loss of them is what drives him to be the Punisher. In this arc, in this storyline, like I said, there's only been two issues. He wakes up with his wife alive. She has bullet holes in her, but she's alive. So there's some type of hand, dark voodoo magic that has brought her back. You took the words out of my mouth. I was like, that's that hand voodoo magic. <laughs> that's how Electric came back to like Daredevil giving his energy and chi and yeah, so those darn hand. <laughs> it's uh interesting to see him, and there's actually some graphic love making scenes in the book as well. But if Ooh. you're if you're interested in that type of storyline of hey, what what would the Punisher be like if he got back? The whole reason he became the Punisher, what if he didn't have to be the Punisher anymore? Like his wife is back and safe, right? So why is he out here killing people? This is the storyline. So issue two came out. I'm gonna give it a buy. Punisher number two by Jason Aaron. Highly recommend. Uh, last thing I want to talk about real quick, Seabury, before we end this episode. My Amazing Spider-Man catch-up continues. I read issues 25, 26, and 27. All of these, I would say, are a buy. Um, I'm liking this. Um, they have kind of a, it's a female Sinister Six. But they call themselves a Sinister Syndicate. Beetle, Electro, Lady Octopus, Scorpia, and White Rabbit, who we talked about a little bit earlier, um, they all came together and they're going after Spider-Man. So I'm having some fun with him and Boomerang. Um, very much enjoying these ones. Although Ryan Otley's the whole reason why I'm, I'm, you know, excited for this, and he was not the artist on these. He was, I guess, taking a break at the time. So the the pencils were done by Kev Walker who does a nice job, but hey, Ryan Otley is a steak, all right? This is, Kev Walker is just a hamburger. I want the steak dinner, Seabury. I want Ryan Otley. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to continue. Lobster and scream. Yeah! I'm going to continue <laughs> with uh, issue 28, probably after we uh, wrap up here. But all of those are a buy from me, Seabury. Amazing Spider-Man 25, 26, and 27. All right, that's going to wrap it up for We Love Comics, the pull list edition. We thank you very much for listening to us. Don't forget, we are on the Geek So To Speak podcast network, which includes the Sandbox Gamers, the Holdo Maneuver, Technological, and Geek So To Speak. My, my boy, Marcus Seabury, can be found at Cinesundry on YouTube, reviewing all the latest movies. What's the latest Cinesundry this week, Seabury? Uh, um... <laughs> crap um i want you back the ah. uh amazon film it's yes. on the uh amazon prime that is the jackson five biopic <laughs> sadly no <laughs> but a decent romantic comedy with uh charlie day gina rodriguez jenny slade and scott eastwood nice you can also catch seabury podcasting for Black Nerd Power on the Kazuki Network. Kazuki. And, uh, Kazuki Network. And yeah. And I, the okay. easiest way to catch that is to go on the Kazuki app. Download that. It's in it's in the Apple Store. It's in it's on Google Play. Download that and get caught up, man. Yeah. Um, I'm out here. Yeah. And we would like to thank you for listening to We Love Comics, 
the show where Seabury, we love comics. And they should too. Yeah. You been cheaping, buddy? Yeah. <laughs>